hello, and welcome to a special bonus episode of Laser Graves. I am EK, and I'm solo right now. And the reason is, is due to uh, recent news that we just discovered today, sad news, and that is the loss of the legendary film composer Angelo Badalamenti. He's a longtime collaborator of David Lynch and so many other directors, but he was a um, personal favorite here at, at Laser Graves, uh, our favorite composer without a doubt, but also more than that, he really helped shape our early relationship. We started dating and bonded over Twin Peaks and would often talk about his music. So it's a sad day, but it's also a time for celebration. And in doing so, I thought it would be fun to pull up an old episode from The Chill Factor, which was a segment that I did on our old Patreon account when we used to have that. Chill Factor was a monthly segment where I would take a look at film composers and talk about their life and their accomplishments. And one of those episodes was on Angelo Badalamente. So I figured for those of you who never got a chance to hear that and were not patrons, now, um, upon the news of hearing his passing, I thought it would be appropriate to maybe air this. So I hope you enjoy this older episode of The Chill Factor and that you learn something new that you maybe didn't know about probably one of the most unique film composers to ever live. But I'm also biased. Okay, uh, enjoy. Hello, and welcome to The Chill Factor, a show where I discuss film composers I think are pretty damn cool. I'm your host, E.K. Wimmer. I'm very excited for today's episode, as I'll be discussing the life of a man whose compositions, above all other musicians, made me want to become a film composer myself, the one and only Angelo Badalamenti. His style is unlike any of his contemporaries, and his influence spans multiple generations. Badalamente may not be a household name, but millions of viewers became obsessed with his opening theme week after week on the hit cult phenomenon, Twin Peaks. In this episode, I will touch on his career as a whole, and although he's best known for his work with director David Lynch, his music helped shape the dark and twisted worlds in the films of many other directors over the years. So sit back and enjoy a glance into the life of a man whose unique blend of classical, ambient, jazz and avant-garde made for a beautifully tragic sounding signature that's unlike any other composer before or since. The legendary Angelo Badalamenti. Angelo Badalamente was born March 22, 1937, in Brooklyn, New York. 
Raised in a working-class Italian-American family, his father owned a fish market, but music was their language. His brother was an extremely talented trumpet player, and his father was a singer. As a child, Angelo was constantly exposed to jazz due to his brother jamming in the basement with various ensembles. At age eight, he began taking piano lessons, which would shape the course of his entire life. However, his story nearly ended there. Times were tough, and his father was struggling to pay for the lessons. After some convincing, Angelo's brother was able to get their father to see the value of a strong musical education and not abandon the training. By grade seven, Angelo had enrolled in the school band and took up the French horn, a difficult brass instrument to learn, but a truly unique one that would not be most children's first choice. He attended Lafayette High School, and it was during this time that Badalamente first started composing original music for himself. From the very start, it was unlike anything else other musicians around him were doing. He described his early attempts to compose as, quote, strange and melodic, quite abstract, more like poetry. After high school, Angelo attended the Eastman School of Music in Rochester, New York. And later, he earned his bachelor's and master's degrees in composition, French horn, and piano from the Manhattan School of Music in 1960. The same school with such notable alumni as Herbie Hancock, the jazz drummer Max Roach, even Paige Hamilton, the frontman of the post-hardcore metal band Helmet, who studied jazz guitar. Following graduation, Angelo needed to pay the bills, so he took up a teaching job at a middle school, overseeing the 7th grade musical department. The pay was steady and the work was enjoyable, but a single decision during this time in his life dramatically altered his career in a way he could never have predicted. The 7th grade Christmas program was around the corner, and Angelo needed music for his kids. Not happy with his choices, he took the bold step of writing his own Christmas program. The show was a surprising hit, and word got around. A representative of PBS heard the music, and the band was invited to record the program in the studio, later airing it on TV to the surprise and delight of Angelo Badalamenti. A music publisher who heard the show contacted Angelo and convinced him to give up his comfortable teaching job and take up writing full-time. He was 27 years old at the time. This period in Angelo's life, as one can imagine, was tough and uncertain. Jumping from job to job, However, he did find success as a songwriter, providing music for Nina Simone, Dee Dee Warwick, Peggy Sue, and even a hit song in 1968 for Nancy Wilson called Face It Girl, It's Over. When you look into his eyes And he turns away When you're at a corner table And there's nothing much to say Does he have to draw your pictures? Does he have to spell it out? It's over. Oh, yeah, it's over. One thing that can't be overlooked was that Angelo may have been at the right place at the right time, but he made it a point to be in the place to begin with. He was bold and risky during this time, cold-calling musicians with song ideas, offering up his talents whenever the opportunity presented itself. Angelo's next stepping stone was during a chat with a friend. He overheard that a film was being made and told the director he could do a better job composing the music and they should probably hire him instead. This was bold, but sure enough, he got the job. And it was here that he composed his first feature film, the 1973 action film, Gordon's War. When 
Not exactly the sound we attach to Angelo Badalamenti, but remember, he was a classically trained, extremely versatile musician and composer. Something he noted that is still very true today was that to make it in the film industry, you have to be a chameleon who can fully realize a director's vision, no matter what the genre is. He followed his first film up with another in 1974 called Law and Disorder. An interesting note during this time is that he was going under the professional name Andy Badal, a decision he made to sound less Italian because he thought it would open up more opportunities for him in the 1970s. From the late 70s into the early 80s, Badalamenti's work was steady, but not opening a whole lot of doors. He continued to write songs and work on various other projects. But for the point of the chill factor, we're going to focus back on his career as a film composer, and the year that changed everything for him was 1985. As the story goes, Badalamenti received a call one day. He was asked if he could fly to North Carolina and be a vocal coach for an actress who was working on a new movie called Blue Velvet with a director he had never heard of. She was having some trouble, and Angelo had a reputation at this point of working magic with singers. He arrived on set and was introduced to the actress, the Italian model Isabella Rossellini. He was also introduced to another person who would become his creative partner for decades to follow, the eccentric experimental director who just a few years earlier had created the cult masterpiece Eraserhead, Mr. David Lynch. After getting Isabella's vocals up to speed for the title track Blue Velvet, Lynch was thrilled and asked Angelo to compose the entire feature film score. Although these two creative forces couldn't seem more different on the surface, there was an instant connection and a shared communication that defies all explanation. So on one hand, there was this Italian-American composer from Brooklyn, and on the other hand, there was this avant-garde artist from L.A. who seemed to only speak in surrealist phrasing. But yet, when the two got together, they blended perfectly. It's beyond me. The result of this collaboration was both a film and a score that shook Hollywood. It earned David Lynch an Academy Award nomination for Best Director and introduced Angelo Badalamenti to the big leagues. Also, to touch on a brief subject from earlier, it was during this time that Angelo switched his professional name from Andy Badal to Angelo Badalamenti. He said it was after seeing fellow Italians Isabella Rossellini and the film producer Dino De Laurentiis using their Italian names openly that he decided he needed to switch his name back. And for the eagle-eyed viewers of Blue Velvet, you may have also spotted Angelo sitting at the piano while Isabella is singing the title track of the film. Blue Velvet was responsible for a few other noteworthy events that I need to mention before moving on. Lynch had wanted a song on the soundtrack, but could not afford the rights. Song of the Siren by This Mortal Coil, featuring the gorgeous vocals of Cocteau Twins singer Elizabeth Frazier. Unable to secure the song, Lynch asked Angelo to write a song in that style, and Lynch would provide the lyrics. The only thing missing was a singer. Angelo recommended a young singer named Julie Cruz, whom he had met while teaching a theater workshop in New York. David Lynch knew it was meant to be instantly, and the three of them created the first track that would go on to become the signature sound for years to come, the hauntingly beautiful Mysteries of Love. The success of Blue Velvet immediately changed Angelo's life, 
and he was now in demand. His next feature was the 1987 iconic supernatural slasher, A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. He had several more stack up over the next couple years, including the 1989 holiday classic, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. But by 1990, he teamed back up with David Lynch for the twisted Wizard of Oz cult classic, Wild at Heart. But it didn't stop there. 1990 is undoubtedly the most important and critical year of his career, due to his contributions on another David Lynch project that took the world by storm, the brilliant horror-drama TV series, Twin Peaks. you just heard was the most quintessential track one thinks of when they think of Battlementi, Twin Peaks, and even David Lynch for that matter. The opening theme, which was etched into the minds of millions of viewers each week, was the perfect getaway between your normal life and the world of Twin Peaks. A nightmarish soap opera that viewers could watch in fascination for 47 minutes a week. The main theme even earned Battlemente a Grammy Award in 1990 for Best Pop Instrumental Performance. His completely unique blend of tragedy, hope, fear, and love through the use of synths, keyboards, was as much a character in the series as Agent Dale Cooper. The music of Twin Peaks will always be Angelo's lasting legacy as a composer, but it wasn't just a job. It was the product of two creative artists working together to create something totally original. The writing process for Lynch and Battlemente was anything but traditional, and to best understand how these two communicated, let's take a listen to an incredible interview with Angelo describing the creation of Laura's theme. And in David's mind, you can, you can just see that he was visualizing the description that he envisioned. Then he would say, Okay, Angelo, now we gotta make a change because from behind a tree in the back of the woods, there's this very lonely girl. Her name is Laura Palmer, and it's very sad, but get something that matches her. And, and, I, and I just segued into this. also brought Lynch, Battlemente, and Cruz back together, not only for Twin Peaks, 
but also for a lesser-known project, the surrealist musical play Industrial Symphony No. 1. And like I said, 1990 was huge, as it was also his first feature with one of his other longtime creative partners, director Paul Schrader, for his film The Comfort of Strangers. Angelo took a year to regroup, and in 1992, he was back at it again with Lynch for the feature-length tie-in Twin Peaks' Fire Walk With Me. In addition to his score, there were also several songs included in the soundtrack by The Thought Gang, a short-lived experimental free jazz collaboration between Lynch and Badalamente. It was responsible for some of my favorite moments in the film, including a scene where it's filmed in reverse as Bobby's walking through the school, people are dancing in the background, and there's this track called A Real Indication that plays over the whole entire moment like some strange fever dream. I see myself. I see myself start to smile. I got a real indication. <laughs> With Twin Peaks winding down, Angelo got his shot at the largest opportunity of his career. That same year, he was asked to compose the opening theme to the 1992 Summer Olympics in Barcelona. Of course, there were several other projects Lynch and Angelo collaborated on, like the 1992 short-lived series On the Air, and the 1993 even shorter-lived series Hotel Room. Angelo even worked with the thrash band Anthrax in 1993. It was a very busy time for him, and he was only growing in name and reputation. Although I don't want to dive into every film he's worked on, I have to take a moment to discuss one of my very favorite and extremely underrated scores that Badalamente ever composed. In 1995, a French director named Jean-Pierre Jeannet heard David Lynch was in Paris working in the editing room of a building. Jeannet had made a name for himself with the 1991 dark comedy Delicatessen with his directing partner Marc Caro. The two were ready to create their follow-up and knew just the composer they wanted. So Jeannet took the bold move and very nervously tracked down Lynch in Paris with the purpose of asking for Badalamente's phone number. As a fan of movie history, this idea of Jeannet approaching Lynch for Angelo's number is beyond cool. Needless to say, things worked out, and in 1995, Badalamente created the score for the dark fantasy world of The City of Lost Children. By 1997, Angela was back with Lynch on his film Lost Highway, which, in an interesting side note, included a very specific song on the soundtrack, none other than Song of the Siren by This Mortal Coil. I guess Lynch could finally afford to get the rights to it. Although Angelo had a completely unique sound, he was always evolving, and that is showcased in the incredible score for Lynch's 2000 feature, Mulholland Drive. The same year, Angelo worked with director Danny Boyle on The Beach, Something often overlooked in Badalamenti's career is his other director-composer partnership with Paul Schrader, which I briefly mentioned earlier. In total, they worked on five films together, including Autofocus in 2002. The same year, Angelo composed the opening theme for Eli Roth's debut horror film, Cabin Fever. I actually had the pleasure of interviewing Eli Roth several years ago and asked him, how he was able to rope in such a high-profile composer for his very first film, and this is what he told me. 
I met Angelo years ago when I was doing research for a project he was writing for Broadway with David Lynch. I kept in touch with Angelo over the years, and it turns out that not only did he grow up a block from my mother in Brooklyn, but they went to high school together and played in an all-city orchestra together. He was a year older, but she remembered him. Angelo is an amazing composer and a wonderful human being. I just asked him and he said yes. He could not have been more generous. Angelo joined up with Jean-Pierre Jeannet once again following Jeannet's mega-hit Amelie for the film A Very Long Engagement. And always busy, he also worked on several other films like Dark Water, The Wicker Man, and Stalingrad. His work wasn't going unnoticed. In 2008, he was presented a Lifetime Achievement Award at the World Soundtrack Awards, and in 2011, he received the Harry Mancini Award by the American Society of Composers. Although he's done other things in recent years, it's only fitting that our look at his career ends with David Lynch. In 2017, rabid fans were treated with a long-speculated urban legend finally coming true. David Lynch and Angelo Badalamente teamed back up for a special Twin Peaks miniseries, often referred to as Season 3. Lynch was in the director's chair for every episode, and Angelo revisited the eerie soundscapes that earned him a Grammy 27 years earlier. He didn't just rehash old tracks, though. He gave us a brand new batch of material filled with the sound he perfected over the years, ambient and moody, but also still filled with that love and loss. Angelo's music always reminds me of this quote from Agent Dale Cooper of Twin Peaks when he said, I have no idea where this will lead us, but I have a definite feeling it will be a place both wonderful and strange. <laughs> 